Hey, and welcome to Orla's Happy Hormones podcast, episode two. This podcast, I was predominantly focusing on a Q&A style podcast. I did a Q&A on my Instagram a couple of days ago, and I wanted to ask you all, what is it that you want to know about? So I sent out the question, and the questions came back to me. Um, a lot of things really that were coming into me were predominantly based around fertility, what can people do to help their fertility? What foods can they eat? What supplements are good for them? What foods to eat for PCOS and endometriosis and cysts and libido, sex drive and smears? So there's loads of areas here that um, I can talk about and I really am going to focus mainly on the fertility side of things. What foods, what supplements, what herbs, things that are causing infertility at the moment. Infertility in Ireland especially, it's reaching epidemic proportions and this is due to loads of different factors like environmental toxins, residues of hormones in our water supply from growth hormones being given to farm animals, stress levels, our stress levels are through the roof at the moment and this is down to we're living in a rat race. It's the 21st century and everything is go, go, no downtime, running here, there and everywhere. So this is automatically causing um, a problem with our stress hormones. So when our stress hormones are at an all-time peak, so the likes of your cortisol and adrenaline levels, this is interfering with our sex hormones. And our sex hormones are what's helping us make babies. And if these are out of whack, that's when you're going to start seeing all the problems. There's also areas that you should really be looking at, the likes of diet, like poor diet... And when I say poor diet, it's not so much poor diet, but poor nutrition. You could be eating your 2,000 calories a day as a woman, but it's it's food-like substances. It's not real food. So I'll be going into all the, the best types of food to be having, nutrient-dense foods. Like, it's not always about your macros. Like, you're going to be seeing that everywhere nowadays, as in, like, are you hitting your macros, your carbs, fats, protein? Yes, this is important for tracking what you're eating and making sure you're getting good nutritious, not even nutritious, but good foods into you and you're making sure that you're not going over on carbs or going over on fat or going over on protein. But really what you need to be looking at as well are your micronutrients. Are you getting all your vitamins and minerals that are needed to support the body, to nourish it, to bring it forward in, into a proper state of ample fertility? So to get started then with talking about fertility, we start at the beginning. Knowing your ovulation time, this is key. If you're trying to have a baby, you need to know your optimum times for conception. There's easy ways of doing this nowadays. Like we're living in a time where you can go into Boots and you can buy ovulation sticks. This is the simplest form of knowing where you are on your cycle. Now, I my previous podcast, my first podcast... I've gone through each phase of your cycle, what happens, what you need to know, when you're ovulating, things like that. And I'll run through it quickly again here. But ovulation is key. So your most fertile time during your menstrual cycle is two days before, during ovulation. And like it can be after as well if you're not 100% sure when you are ovulating. Now there are ways to find out, like I said, for starters, your ovulation sticks if you don't want to do the rest with what I'm about to talk about, just go to Boots or to any chemist, buy your ovulation sticks, 
pee on it and then you'll know. When it comes to ovulation, once the egg is released, it's viable for the next 12 to 24 hours. So this is like, this is your peak time. This is when you get on it. This is key for making a baby. Um, other methods, regardless of the ovulation sticks, you have what's called the rhythm method, which I talked about before. The rhythm method is basically tracking your cycle every day. So when you wake up in the morning, you need to take your temperature with what's called a basal thermometer. You do this um, before you get up in the morning. Your basal, thermo your basal thermometer temperature, you have to be in a resting state. This is when it'll be most accurate at the exact same time every morning before you get up out of the bed. Your temperature will rise half a degree after the egg is released. Now, when this happens, this is your peak time. This is when you have your, within your 12 to 24 hours. So make sure that when it's coming up to ovulation, that you keep this time free for relations. <laughs> and this is key, really. Um, but you will be fertile before this also. So sperm lasts um, for about five days. It can survive for about five days. So if you're having sex five days previous to ovulation, it can last. So make sure like the five days before you ovulate, this is all your peak time. But once the egg is released, you've only got that window of 12 to 24 hours. Once that window's gone, it is gone. Another key sign of ovulation is your mucus secretions. So you need to be checking what your your mucus is like and roughly, like again, around the five days previous to ovulation. What you're looking for is a long stringy line. So if you get the mucus between your thumb and your forefinger and stretch it out, it needs to be kind of clear and stringy. This is a sign right now that ovulation is about to happen very soon so keep an eye on your mucus secretions a lot of women if you if you have a lot of mucus it'll be in your underwear when you're going to the toilet you'll be able to see if it's kind of clear egg whitey that's your main sign right there ovulation is going to happen as well soon now there are the main fertility issue like not the main fertility issue there's loads of fertility issues but when you're talking about infertility you basically have to be trying for a year to be classed as an infer an infertility case, should I say, with the doctor. If you're trying for a year, nothing has happened, go to your doctor, then your doctor will send you on to a specialist. They'll run tests. This is key. You really need to find out what's going on with your body. If you've been trying for a baby for over a year and nothing's happened, you need to find out what's going on. So there's loads of different reasons for it. You could have PCOS, you could have endometriosis, and your partner could have low sperm count. It can range from anything, and it could be something small, it could be something big. You may just need to tweak a few things. Your ovaries may not be functioning correctly is another one. It's actually a common one where the ovaries just aren't functioning right. And this, and I'm not going to say it's simple, because I don't want anyone to get me wrong when I'm talking about this, because when you're trying for a baby and it's not working, and you, it's it's heartbreaking, where every month your period comes and you just, it's that disappointment and that feeling of loss. And it is a feeling of loss, even of something that you didn't have, but it's it's disappointment and it's okay to be sad and unhappy about it. 
But what I will say is that for some people, not everyone, there can be simple solutions. And it's just about, sorry, not about, it's just about tweaking a few issues. And this can be done a lot through diet and stress management and just looking at your environment and what's around you. And I'm going to go through all that. And to start off with, um, I'm going to run through diet. I think nutrition really is key. Like you can take supplements and herbs all you want, but if your nutrition is off, your body's going to be off. You're not getting the proper vitamins and minerals that are needed to support proper reproduction, reproductive function. And so, yeah, to, to start off anyway, um, what I'm going to say is reduce out, reduce down anyway, processed foods. It'd be great if you could eliminate them, but look, I'm, reality doesn't work like that. We all have to have balance in life and you can't go on a full full steam ahead diet where you're going to be completely restricted because that's going to add more stress. What we want to do is reduce stress, but increase nutritious foods where you're getting as much vitamins and minerals. So processed foods, the likes of your commercial cereals, your sliced pan bread, your deli meats, all those quick, easy, store-bought, like microwavable meals, get rid of them. If if you're trying for a baby and you're eating microwavable meals, please throw go to your freezer right now, get them in the bin. None of these are real food. They're food-like products. There's they're empty calories. There's calories in them, but there's no vitamins, minerals that are absorbable by the body. So you need to just get rid of them. They're also so full of sugar and sugar is the main inflammatory causing substance that we're putting into our bodies so really you want to be looking at anti-inflammatory foods so the likes of antioxidant rich foods here you're looking at your orange colored veg sweet potato butternut squash peppers what else so your leafy greens as well like i know i keep talking about your leafy greens but leafy greens are so important for your liver function you need to make sure that your liver is detoxing properly and it's the likes of leafy greens your broccoli cabbage kale spinach all those types of foods also berries berries are such an important food for women who are looking to have a baby they are highly antioxidant highly anti-inflammatory the only issue with all with these foods, with the likes of berries and sweet potato and squash and everything, is you need to be eating organic. The reason for this, and I can't stress this enough, but the likes of blueberries, strawberries, sweet potatoes, apples, celery, like your dirty dozen is what they're called. They need to be organic because they're sprayed with pesticides and herbicides. These are endocrine disruptors. They are actually designed to disrupt the reproductive cycle of the insect so they can't spread. Then we're eating these. These herbicides and pesticides are left on our foods and we are consuming them. They're having a knock-on effect on our hormones. You've got to look at the reasons why infertility have risen so high. Look at all the crap that's been sprayed on our foods. So what I say to you is please... Please start buying organic foods. It doesn't have to be all, but as much as you can. And I know people think that organic is so expensive, but Lidl and Aldi, 
you go to Lidl and Aldi and you buy all organic and you're spending 15 quid. I did a roast dinner recently for 12 people, bought all my veg organic and it cost me under 15 euro from Lidl. So it can be done on a budget. And fats. Fats are so important for when it comes to hormone production and healthy hormone production. We need healthy fats. Now, not your Friday night takeaway, 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 but your healthy fats. So sunflower seeds, sunflower butter, oily fish. That I'll talk about in a minute, but your oily fish, um, eggs, nuts, avocados, coconut oil. Now, when I'm talking about oily fish, it has to be wild oily fish. I'm sorry, you're all going to hate me talking about all the the bad stuff. We all think we're eating so well and then we find out certain things that's actually happening with our food and it's very disheartening and I do understand this. Trust me, I've been through the disappointment and process. Like, I miss salmon so much. I haven't eaten salmon, I think maybe once or twice a year I'll have salmon and that's when it's wild salmon. The reason for this is farmed salmon. They're kept in such small confined spaces and then they're given feed. And this feed, it's it's full of carcinogenic compounds and also antibiotics to kill off any sort of sea lice. Like your farmed salmon, if you really saw what it looked like, the sea lice on it, it's, it's disgusting. I'll just tell you now, go Google farmed salmon and you won't be eating it again. Only, the only time you'll be eating salmon is if it's not or not even organic but if it's wild if someone comes to your house with a salmon and hands it to you and they just caught it so instead go for different options like mackerel and especially here in Galway like mackerel is you you'll constantly get mackerel here and also pollock um trout I love trout but again it needs to be wild so See if you know anybody, if you have a family member who's a fisherman or anything like that. I'm very blessed. My uncle, he's a freshwater fisher. So I'm I'm very lucky that he will send stuff our way whenever he can. And then this also brings me on to the likes of poultry. When you're getting poultry, so your chicken and your turkey, because I'm very aware how how everyone, like their, their food choices, they feel that if they're eating chicken or turkey that it's it's a leaner meat it's better for you it's not as bad as red meat well actually red meat is good for you too um but just make sure that you're when you're buying your poultry that it's organic is best if you can't get organic make sure that you're getting free range anyway go to your local butchers see what farms that their their meat is coming in from this you really need to know about because poultry like in the chicken farms when they're not um when they're not free range and not organic they're confined again in these tight spaces and they're they're given growth hormones and antibiotics to stop the spread of disease again these growth hormones and antibiotics are in the food are in the meat and then we're consuming it so it's messing up our endocrine systems completely so really when you're buying chicken and turkey it needs to be free range organic is best but free range what I tell a lot of my clients in clinic is go to the farmer's market. Here in Galway, there's a beautiful farmer's market on a Saturday. Go there, get your meat from the, the butcher that's there, the friendly farmers, what they're called. They're fantastic. I would get my chicken carcasses for making my bone broths there. 
and get my chicken breasts there. If I'm not getting my chicken breasts there, I'll be buying free-range organic chicken when I want chicken. Really, it's the only way that you can go, especially when you're trying to stop endocrine disruptors and external forces, should we say, from messing up your hormones. So while you're at the farmer's market, pick up all your veg there as well if you can. Well, if you're not going to little anywhere, that is. But the likes of root veggies, these are so important. You need fiber in your diet to make sure that the toxins are being eliminated properly. So the likes of, when I say root veggies, what I'm always saying is sweet potato, carrots, parsnips, turnips. Again, organic where possible. But sweet potato is key for women. It helps to reduce stress because of the magnesium levels. It's so rich in magnesium. It's so rich in vitamins A, C and E and anthocyanins. This is a compound that's proven to reduce inflammatory conditions along with preventing the growth of cancer cells. Getting sweet potato into you on a very regular basis is really important. So like having a dinner with the likes of grilled chicken, sweet potato and broccoli there you go. I know to some people that sounds boring. To me, I love it. But these foods, when they're good quality foods, you're you're pumping your body full of vitamins and minerals. As well with sweet potato, like it contains so much iron and iron is really needed for fertility. Studies are shown that women with low iron levels are more likely to have secondary infertility, which is they'll have a baby and then trying to conceive the second time round is n- near impossible. But women with low iron levels have se- are more likely to get secondary infertility or else ovulatory infertility. Again, this is if there's an issue with, the, with your ovaries. Again, something simple. Iron. You know, get your iron levels up. Make sure they're right. Um, zinc as well. Zinc is really important for ovulatory function. So getting the right foods with, that are nutrient-dense is going to impact you immensely so fiber is so important and you get a lot of fiber from your fruit and veg but also from whole grains like I'm not a fan of cutting out carbs like I'll be honest I did it myself before I went on a ridiculously strict diet about five and a half years ago to help with my ovarian cysts I did not want to go for another surgery now I ended up having to go for one last year but that's because I'd lost track of my diet. I was living life and enjoying it too much. And I ended up having to go for surgery. But I don't agree now, like five years later, I have a different outlook. I don't agree with cutting out carbs. Have your oats. Have your organic oats, your organic brown rice. Like your organic brown rice is a good protein source, a good veggie protein source. And it's a whole protein source too. And using the likes of rye and millet. Wheat, unfortunately, is an endocrine disruptor. It's not so much that it's the wheat, but again, it's the herbicides and pesticides that are sprayed on them. Look at your everyday sliced pan bread. They're full of these herbicides and pesticides. So just look at uh, alternatives. So the likes of, if again, go to your farmer's market and get an organic sourdough. That'll have a huge difference on you. And as well, it tastes way better. Um, what I would use as well is the Biona sourdough rye bread. You can taste that it's sourdough because you can taste the sourness from it. As long as it's toasted, so I love it. I'm obsessed with it. 
my sourdough toast hummus and eggs in the morning and I I'm the happiest woman alive I'd be lost without them and now for a controversial topic very controversial and I'm sorry if I offend anyone with what I'm about to say but if you suffer from PCOS endometriosis or cysts like your chocolate cysts on the ovaries you really need to be looking at cutting out dairy as much as you possibly can dairy is highly inflammatory causing it it triggers the the mucous membranes literally going from the esophagus right down to the digestive system it triggers an inflammatory response and creates mucus to get rid of the pathogen of what's attacking the body should we say so if you find even like when you're eating um after eating cheese or drinking milk or yogurt or something that even if your nose is getting really mucusy and congested it's a sure sign that it's actually triggering triggering you now you may not be allergic but you definitely have an intolerance to it um so you really need to be looking at reducing it down like in tcm like traditional chinese medicine i'd work an awful lot with tradition traditional chinese herbs dairy is what's known as a damp forming food and it's that mucus that's that's the dampness um cysts especially cysts are formed from the likes of excess mucus and and dampness um from a, a traditional chinese term so you really do need to be looking at reducing it, reducing it down as much as you can now trust me i get it i went off dairy for years and again this is why i ended up having to go for surgery i lost track of my diet i went back on all the foods that would trigger me and i went on them for a very long time so i i do know what it's like and i know how hard it's it is to give up these foods but just replacing them with other things like instead of your milk use coconut milk almond milk oat milk and then for the likes of your yogurt you can now get coconut milk yogurt also you can get nut milk yogurt um, as long as you're not allergic to nuts i unfortunately am allergic to nuts as well so i know how it it sounds like it's hard to do but when you find the right substitutes you will be able to do it it's just a matter of going to the right places the right shops finding out where you can get these things i'm in galway i use evergreen they have amazing stuff they have loads of dairy free options but good quality dairy free options like always look at the ingredients as well if there's more than five ingredients in something try and steer clear of it less than five ingredients go for it but like nowadays little aldi duns tesco they all have their health food sections and in these health food sections are your dairy free stuff so just take a look at them and see where you can go with it. So to try and make it a bit easier for you, um, here's a sample diet, should we say, for a day, in a day. For breakfast, do this the night before, it'll save you on time. Overnight oats. Get your organic rolled oats. Uh, uh, 45 grams, it would be your portion size for a woman. 45 grams and in a jar mix it with a half a cup half a cup to a cup of either coconut milk or almond milk a tablespoon of sunflower seed butter for your protein and some organic blueberries and some ground flax seeds let that sit overnight in the fridge take it out if you're not used to eating breakfast in the morning or straight away in the morning that's fine you can bring it with you to work you know you have a nutritious breakfast breakfast with you for the day or for the morning then for your lunch make up batches of soup 
soup is so easy to make and you're getting all good quality nutritious ingredients in them and on my insta page or facebook page i have loads of recipes for different homemade soups my favorite one personally would be my homemade curried roasted squash and tomato soup it's delicious it has butternut squash tomatoes onions garlic celery peppers all those orange colored foods all that anti-inflammatory all those anthocyanins everything that you need so there's all your your carbs what i do then is i add in a spoon of koyo which is your coconut milk yogurt add that in for a bit of fat and then i get a piece of grilled chicken and cut it up throw it in with it it's literally a complete meal and if you batch make your soups put them in freezeable containers leave them in the freezer you can take them straight out heat them up in the pan and go from there and just all you have to do then is cook your chicken spend it'll take you not even an hour to make a batch of soup and you'll get about six portions out of it then for your dinner like you don't have to give up all the nice foods like I have fish and chips all the time I just make them in a healthier way so for my fish I'd get a piece of a fillet of fish I would usually use hake or place I just don't like cod um Make up a batter with your beaten eggs, some sunflowers. I use ground sunflower seeds. You can easily use ground almond meal. That's really like that. It's a really good texture to it. I used to be able to eat nuts. I can't anymore, so I do know what I'm missing out on. But the ground almond meal is so much better for that. Bacon in the oven with some sweet potato. So you're making your own sweet potato fries. Put some paprika, garlic, things like that. Whatever herbs and spices you like. And then a side of leafy greens, steam up some broccoli, saute some spinach and kale, some, what could you put with it, some sunflower seeds, anything that you want really. And there's your dinner for you. That doesn't take long at all. That'll take you less than 30 minutes. Then for your snacks, just make sure that you're, you're snack ready and snack smart. So hummus and celery sticks. No, not many people like celery sticks. I'm obsessed with them. So I do apologize. I do tell everyone to eat them celery is a really really good food all that cellulose it's so good it's so rich in fiber it's a great one to have and so hummus and celery sticks chocolate avocado mousse i make that all the time chocolate covered strawberries as long as you're buying your organic strawberries and you get a good quality dark chocolate work away like green and blacks is an organic dark chocolate and it's dairy free ombar you can get an evergreen beautiful chocolate melt it down dip your strawberries in let them set in the fridge there's your something sweet always have a pack of nuts or seeds berries some dried fruit like dates dates are so good for women dates dried apricots just make sure there's no sulfites in them like you can pick up all these things and have them sitting on your desk in work and you can just snack away in them you know it's i think people are afraid of eating healthy because they don't know what to eat it's just a matter about becoming creative go on to different food blogs get loads of different recipes like it's the internet is rife with quick and easy recipes look at Jamie Oliver do you know fi- uh, 15 minute meals Joe Wicks he does the 15 minute meals like there's these recipes out there just make sure that they're nutritious and they match up with what you can have and as well substitute for me, pasta. I love pasta. And 
I gave it up for years and I missed it. And then I discovered organic brown rice pasta. I can get it in Evergreen and I can get it in Joyce's. I absolutely love it. I make pasta once or twice a week and it doesn't do anything to me. Do you know, like it's just a matter of finding alternative things. So supplements then. When you're buying supplements, make sure that you're getting them from a good place. Don't be buying your supplements from your supermarket. They're full of fillers and full of heavy metals as well. So the likes of your mercury and aluminium and things like that, which are really bad endocrine disruptors. So stay away from your supermarket supplements. Go to a health food shop. Get a good quality brand. Uh, the main ones for fertility, you're looking at zinc. You really need zinc for your ovary function. And you're looking at about 30 to 50 milligrams per day on your zinc. Studies are now showing that... Uh, sufficient amounts of zinc are reducing down hirsutism in people who suffer from PCOS. So if you have PCOS, zinc, you need to be on zinc. Um, vitamins A, C, E and selenium, they're all highly antioxidant and anti-inflammatory. Again, we need to be re reducing down the inflammation in the body and the antioxidants will get rid of the oxida oxidative stress. Omega-3s, again, this goes back to fats, why we need fats. We need fat for proper hormone production and omega-3 is highly anti-inflammatory unfortunately omega-6 and 9 are inflammatory causing but omega-3s get yourself a good quality omega-3 the brand i would go for on that would be the more epa um once your epa levels are much higher studies are showing that the reduction in women with secondary infertility really reduces down and then vitamin b complex you need your b vitamins for healthy hormones and healthy hormone production and also for stress levels these supplements they're your key ones for fertility so if you're going to be taking anything go to your health food shop get good quality stuff my favorite brands for things would be biocare the more epa for your, your omega-3s and then if you're getting vitamins a c e and selenium i get a good quality multivitamin um i'll personally like revive active the their ingredients are very bioavailable to the body and there there is a women a woman's blend as well for healthy hair and skin and things like that and yeah so just make sure you are buying good quality supplements and then herbs my favorite thing to talk about and uh, loads of herbs for, for for fertility the main thing you want to be looking at is making sure your liver is functioning correctly you need proper detoxifying herbs to keep the liver function optimum, to break down toxins and to metabolize your hormones. So the likes of burdock root and dandelion root, they're my two favorites. If you find that you're really irritable or PMSing a lot, make sure that you have a good liver herb on hand and be taking it. The likes of dandelion root and burdock root, you can take it every day for a month, see how you're feeling on it. And then the likes of hormone balancers and adaptogens. So hormone balancers, they increase fertility and then your adaptogens are reducing stress and helping you to deal with your everyday stressors. So the main ones would be ashwagandha, shatavari, angelica sinensis or donkwe, Siberian ginseng, which is one of my all-time favorites, wild jam, vitex agnus castus and raspberry leaf. Now, don't go buying all of these and start taking them at once. Read up on them. See what 
you what resonates with you make sure I will say this actually make sure you're not on any other medications and that you talk to your healthcare practitioner when you are starting any sort of herbal medicines or else make an appointment with a herbalist or with a nutritionist someone who can give you the information and guide you down the right track if herbal medicine is a route that you want to go down definitely make an appointment with a herbalist they'll be able to make you up a specific formula for you that'll match your body composition perfectly and yeah it's if it is something that you want to try naturally like balancing the hormones book in with someone but yeah so the likes of your ashwagandha shatavari siberian ginseng these are adaptogens these are what's going to help you deal with stress better they'll reduce down your cortisol and adrenaline levels and they'll support the production and function of your reproductive hormones the likes then of shatavari this is especially for women this is a tonic as well so it is an adaptogen but it's also a hormone balancer for women and then wild yam which is sweet potato um really help the compounds compounds in wild yam really help to balance out hormones as well as vitex agnus castus that's a hormone modulator the only thing with vitex is if you suffer from pcos it's not always advisable to take it. So again, talk to a herbalist or a healthcare practitioner. And then raspberry leaf tea. This is a beautiful herb. Um, I would recommend taking raspberry leaf if you find that you're having re- a lot of issues with uterine contractions or uterine stability. So drinking raspberry leaf tea on a daily basis would really help. And it, if you can swap out one of your coffees or one of your teas for a raspberry leaf tea, so then you're reducing down your caffeine as well. And yeah, just again, always seek advice from a herbalist, nutritionist, naturopath, someone who is able to guide you down the road of um, using herbs properly. So yeah, that's that's kind of the basics of everything. I know there's a lot of information there regarding certain foods and herbicides and pesticides and you, it, it can be all a bit bombarding at, at first. But like I said, it's just a matter of finding some alternatives and how you can swap things out for just a healthier option. Like instead of having your regular pasta, have your brown rice pasta. Instead of having milk, have oat milk or almond milk or instead of yogurt, some koyo. It's just a matter of finding a balance and finding different ways to swap things in and out. And I know it does all seem a bit daunting it did for me, trust me. For me in the beginning, it did. It was like, what the hell am I doing? What have I just decided to do? But then after a few weeks of it and I got into it all, now this is going back five years ago, it did become a lifestyle habit until about a year and a half ago when I threw caution to the wind. But then I ended up having to go for surgery. So I learned my lesson. I'm back on track, but I still have my treats. I not, not even treats. Like I, it's all about balance. Like I'll now have a bit of goat's cheese every now and then. I'll have my sourdough bread. Like I, I cut out everything. I cut out wheat, dairy, yeast, sugar, gluten. And it was, I, I don't, I didn't research it properly. I did this when I was just off, just off the back of finishing college. And I was like, oh, I know everything, da, 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 da. No, I didn't know everything and I still don't know everything. I'm still learning every single day. And that's what I love about hormones, that you're constantly learning and there's always something new. 
but don't do it I wouldn't recommend cutting everything out at once do it very gradually start off with just swapping out your regular sliced pan for some sourdough bread and you know uh, swapping out your milk for your coconut milk or whatever kind of milk you want to have do it all gradually and be gentle on yourself as well because again stress there is no point in adding excess stress to your life seriously like you need to do it as gently and as doable as possible is for you and yeah if you have questions at all feel free to give me a shout anytime you can drop me a dm i'm on instagram um but if if this was of any help to you work away and take a screenshot and tag me and i hope it has helped and i know i said i was going to be talking about the likes of libido and sex drive and smears as well but i think i've given you enough information for one day so i think i'm going to leave the libido and smears talk for another day um yeah so i do really hope this has helped and i hope you have a lovely week and today is valentine's day so a very happy valentine's day to you all and a happy love day and just go easy on yourself be gentle on yourself relax don't let the stress of it all bombard you because that's the last thing we want take easy gradual steps and before you know it you will have a huge lifestyle change so best of luck with everything if you do decide to take any of these tips on board have a great week